0: Hear the word of the Lord from Mark eight twenty-two through 26. They came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. Spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking. Again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. The man looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Thank you. Thank you. I got you. Thank you for your scripture. All right. So, we're, we're continuing through Mark. I tell you what, man. Um... You know, it's our practice to preach through books of the Bible. Sometimes that's really cool. When I hit it, when I hit a passage like this, I'm like, uh, you know, like, I need your help, Lord. I need your help. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that I want to uh, say uh, just about our church. And One of the things that I love is that I feel like there is is a genuine care for one another here, and that just that just makes me so happy. There's a lot of churches that do a lot of stuff better than us. Y'all can pray for us on that. But, but I do feel like people genuinely care. Every time somebody comes up to read the scripture, they're like, and I'm in their mind, like, do I tell them to stop talking to each other? Like, you know, what do I do? You know, <laughs> like, uh, and that's just, that's, that's, that's cool, man. That's a gift from the Lord. Uh, so some of you know, some of you don't. Uh, I got to take a ministry trip uh, to New York this past week. Um, it was really cool. Um, and one of the things that we were doing is, is pastors from, uh, South Carolina that do work in, in poverty impacted communities. We're going to New York to fellowship and encourage, uh, with, uh, pastors who are doing the same thing in New York City. And, uh, it was so cool. I, w- I think we visited like four different churches. Uh, some, like was one that was working among like the homeless population, some, you know, the projects and kind of all the things in between that. But one thing I, I noticed is this, is that church planners are scrappy. OK, you just you got to be scrappy because you, you might not have a lot of resources. Most of these people didn't have space to meet. Uh, how do you build relationships? Uh, there was this one guy he's, and he was talking about how how expensive it was to get space in New York. It, it's ridiculous. Uh, but he's like, yeah, we, we finally got a place to meet and it seats 30 people. <laughs> oh man he's like yeah we got two services and I was like I bet so I bet so but there's just this scrappiness to it like we are going to do whatever we got to do to lift up Jesus Um, but interestingly enough I saw a lot of similarities and overlap between what they did and what we did uh, what we do and essentially they look for opportunities to serve they're paying attention to the needs of the community there's one that had a really close relationship with their local school that reminded me of the relationship that we have uh, with, with Carolina, and they're just really responsive to the needs. It's like if there's a need and they can fulfill it, or if there's a need that they can't fulfill it, but they can connect someone to it, they do. I remember one time uh, the school called us and they asked, they asked if they had a big ask, and I was like, okay, that's cool. I know somebody who can help you with that. I don't know if it's us, but I saw they were very diligent in service, and they were diligent to share God's word and pray. And what's so interesting is that you can really overcomplicate things, but it's paying attention to those around you, seeing what their needs are, if you have the ability, serving them, sharing God's word, and praying. And what's interesting is through those, those natural means of grace, messy growth happens. I said messy. Why did I say messy? If you really get involved in people's lives and you get involved and and people's uh uh in their junk it gets messy it gets messy um i i was telling different stories when i was sharing stories with with the guys up there and i think i scared them about south carolina uh just different (laughs) different things that that i've had to see and do here um you know uh some of you don't know ranging from um seeing somebody die on the streets to doing more funerals than i have uh Uh, baptisms, although I think we're catching up. That ratio is not as bad as it used to be. Um, But being in people's lives, the the messy, hard stuff that that you see. But there is growth. There is spiritual growth. It's messy and it's hard. It's not complicated. Uh, It's simple, but it's hard. And that messy, normal growth of a church Is very much like our growth in Christ. Growth in Christ is not complicated. The things that we ought to do are not complicated. But because of our sin and because of the messiness of our own heart, it often is messy. It also it often has like you, you you take a couple steps forward and you take one or two back and, and and you're like you can get really frustrated with yourself why am I not growing like I should be or, or or why am I still struggling with this thing that I thought I would get over? But but that is growth in Christ. It's 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 this 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 $20 word sanctification that means being made like Christ. It's messy progressive sanctification messy over time, stutter steps, but you're being made like Christ. But how? Through the normal means of grace, through the avenues that God has set that we practice with him through like prayer and reading scripture and fellowship. It's not overly complicated means, but it's your dedication to those means over time in the messiness of your own heart and the messiness of life. That is what leads to growth in Christ. And we can see this in the text, This that messiness, that normal means of grace led to this man's healing. So before we get into it, let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you please give us encouragement from the scriptures this morning? Help us to understand even what is a complicated passage, and, 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 and would you open up our hearts to, to hear you, to, 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 to get a, a word from you, a, a, not just something that's interesting, but, but something that, that, that we put into practice and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we, get, we go verse by verse. Get through, go to 22. It says, They came to Bethsaida, they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. If you know something about Bethsaida, you'll know this, is that it is the hometown of the apostles James and John, the, the disciples that were walking with Jesus. So, so, in other words, they went back to the hometown, Now, at this point in the the story, they had been all around the region. They had been seeing Jesus heal, do all these cool things, but away from their home. I think this instructs us that, that we need to bring those around us to Jesus because he is the only one who can heal. What I'm saying is don't neglect those who you see every day. You know, this summer I've I've had the opportunity to go to Africa and New York and all these other places and do stuff. But but listen, if, if I'm not being faithful where I live, where I am, I am not being faithful to Jesus. Don't neglect those around you with the gospel. I'm going to quote a rap to you. I'm not going to rap it like Jay Well, I'm just going to quote it to you, okay? I ain't about to—he confused the message of me. I <laughs> I'm just going to quote it. All right, It's from one of my favorite rappers, Thizzle. And he, say, he says, ain't nothing wrong with you going overseas, but there's people on your same street need to be free. If you want to go on mission, you ain't got to look far because some people need to hear the truth in your backyard. On the bus stop, girls at the beauty shop, dudes at the barbershop, the people at the car wash— the dude sitting next to you at the coffee shop. We supposed to hit the hood until it like God's block. Listen, we I, I'm about going overseas. I'm about going this way and that. But we need to open our eyes and say, who is around us? Who do I see every day? Listen, listen. I'm sure that that when when James and John, the apostles that were following Jesus when they came home, they probably wanted to chill. They've been doing ministry. They, they, they probably would, was tired, but instead, they went, okay i'm with the people that i'm usually with who around me who around me needs jesus god has sovereignly put the people around you your neighbors your who you work for that's not that's not by happenstance god has sovereignly put you in those particular places and, and, and the way that you, you, you can kind of think through this systematically is think through the roles and responsibilities that you have and think through the people that you're with when you're fulfilling them, right? So what are, what are some roles and responsibilities? Family, right? Who, who, you, who you live with. Those are people that God has put in your life to serve and to share God's word with. Listen, a, a child's chief evangelist is their parents, or think about your neighbors. You, the, the, place, the, the, the place that you live, the people that live around you, that's not by random. They have been placed there by God so that you might serve them and show God's love. Think about the job that you have. You might hate your job, but there's people that work there too that they might need to, that you to show love. Even in your hobby. Some of y'all have various hobbies that bring you into contact with people that you would not, would not have contact with. Otherwise, those people, that is God's mission to feel You or even your role at this church. You know, we've been, I don't know if we've been clear enough, but our mission is to serve this community. So if you go here, one of your roles and responsibilities is to figure out how do we serve and love those around us. It's interesting, it's not, it's not hard, it's not complicated, but you do have to pay attention. Not only do we take an inventory of those around us, but but we pray for those around us listen listen they, they didn't just come to jesus and say hey man, if you get some time could you help my boy out no they, they it says they begged him to touch him they begged jesus to touch them who around you needs healing from jesus and are you concerned enough about them to beg jesus to help them not, not, not what I call a patty cake prayer. If you, if you, no, Jesus, he needs help. She needs you. Please, please help her. And we pray for them privately. Listen, we have diligent, persistent prayer when we're by ourselves with the Lord listening to those around you I, I i want you to every time you pray i want you to think about who is around me who's on my street who needs jesus how, how can jesus help and heal them and here's what they i want to encourage you with you don't have to over complicate it I I, I I when i first started getting discipled i was discipled by some people who knew how to pray which was cool but it intimidated me because they had these really cool prayers you know what i'm saying and i was like i don't know if i could pray like that but here's the deal one, one, one of the, the reasons that i have our prayers set up like they are is so that you know it don't have to be complicated Lord, have mercy on him. Help him. Save him. It don't have to be complicated, but it should be persistent. You know, one of the stories I heard when I was in New York, I was, I was talking to a guy who's, who they had had a lot of, um, a lot of baptisms this year. I, I'm curious, man. I, I want to see people get saved. What, I'm like, what you doing, dog? Like, like help me understand what's going on. And this is going to trip you out what he said. He says, well, you know what we did? Uh, we prayed and we shared God's word. Now, if you've been, if you've been, if you've been around for a while, you know I tell, tell y'all to do that. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, he's like, "Yeah, we pray, we share God's word, and we just kind of, you know, we're just open about what God's doing in our life." I was like, well, "Okay, what? What exactly? Like, tell me more." And it literally, like, you're talking to somebody, they bring up a need, and they go, "Can I pray for you?" <laughs> and then if they have, and then they say, "Yeah," you just pray for them on the spot, and you follow up. Hey, last week I prayed for your mom. How's she doing? And they are seeing God just work in miraculous ways just by being faithful with those who are around them. So, beloved, don't, don't overlook those who, who are next to you. And don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. Pray for them, pray with them. And watch God show up. Now, we look at verse 23. It says, he, Jesus, took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. We learn from this text that sanctification and healing is a journey of trust. He did not know where he was going. He he couldn't see. I I hope he's taking me to the right place. Don't leave me in a ditch, Jesus. I don't know. Listen, we do not always know the pathway that Jesus takes us on. It's not always clear. We're like, like, if I was driving the car, Jesus, I'm not sure I would have took this turn like why why are we here that's not a straight line like you know what i'm saying i don't understand why we took this pathway but god's sovereign plan is a huge aspect of your sanctification but when you are in situations and you're like how in the world am I here and how do I get out I don't know but I have to hold his hand in order to to trust him and walk with him listen that in and of itself is a part of your sanctification he uses those moments to make you more like him and to rely on him i think about the story of of joseph in the old testament You know, the end of his story was that he was the uh, second in charge for the king and he ended up uh, having the ability, the the managerial skills and the spiritual insight to save his family. But do y'all remember the pathway of that story? how he was sold into slavery by his brothers, how how he ended up in an Egyptian prison. And all of that time, I'm sure he was like, what in the world is going on? But when time came for God's plan to be fulfilled, he had been prepared through the adversity of his life. Sometimes we don't understand what's going on, but we just need to keep holding the hand of Jesus and say, I don't know where we're going, but i'm gonna trust you i don't know if i would go this way but i will trust you i don't know why we're in this kind of terrain but i'm gonna trust you we must follow him by the hand and jesus will lead us to a place where we will encounter him you heard the story this blind man who couldn't see trusted jesus to lead him somewhere and where jesus led him was an encounter with him the goal is a closer walk with christ jesus listen y'all i'll go through the unknown and i'll be uncomfortable if i get to be with him i hope you feel that i'll go the way i get if i get to be with him it's all right it's worth it look at verse 23 24 jesus sometimes uses means or pathways or physical things to heal us over time this is the meat of the message so i want you all to pay attention verse 23 to 24 says he took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village hear here's everybody go what spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him he asked him do you see anything he looked up and said i see people they look like trees walking there's a lot of stuff in that passage that were like what but the first thing i'm sure you're thinking is why in the world did he spit on why he do that like that's weird he's spitting on people listen i'm sure that got your attention It got you thinking and some of y'all smiling at me because listen listen I can't make this up, y'all. This is God's providence. And maybe he's laughing at me. On Friday, I was on an airplane and somebody was having like some sort of special, you know, they was having an issue. All right. They was having a mental issue. And what they decided they wanted to do in that issue is they spit in my face. Yeah, that happened on Friday. So I know from firsthand experience... It's not pleasant to get spit in the face. Like I, it was not a fun experience, and everybody was looking at me like, "Whoa, we about to wild out." He also said some other stuff too, but I ain't gonna, anyway, anyway, I, I got the firsthand experience. It was not pleasant, and I, if I was that blind man, I would be like, "Yo, bro, like, come on, man, why do you have to do that? Can't you just can you just put your hand on me and not spit on me? Like, like I don't want it to be like that." But this actually points to a larger question. Why did he have to use anything to heal people? Why did he have to touch them at all? We know from other stories that Jesus can heal people whom he's not next to. He didn't say anything. He didn't touch them. He didn't spit on them. They just got healed. Why in the world did he, does he use anything, any physical means? Could he not just think they're healing? This teaches us about something, that God uses means to save us what i'm saying is this when when you came to christ you you heard something you saw something you touched you tasted something it wasn't just that there wasn't like this osmosis or or this this telepathy like like god used something physical to save you whether it was a word or a picture. He used something physical. Listen, listen, God uses the means or the delivery systems of grace to save and to heal us. This, this is what one of the church fathers said. He says, He says, Through the font of the Lord, that's baptism, and the preaching of the Lord's passion, your eyes were then open. He used means, he used physical stuff which is crazy because he doesn't have to. Why would he use this physical, everyday stuff? Look, water is not that hard to come by here. Why would he use this regular, physical, everyday stuff? Listen, God in his mercy made us as composite beings. Here's what I mean, is that you are made of both spirit and flesh. Yeah, you have a body, you have taste buds, all this kind of stuff like that. Scripture says we're made from, from dirt, but God is spirit. He's not perceived by the senses. Here's, here's, how, I know you, here's how I know he's not perceived by the senses. There's, there Are there times when you feel the presence of God? You're like, hmm. But the Bible says he's omnipresent, right? So there, there, there's some, sometimes he's there. So he's imperceptible unless he, he lowers himself and humbles himself and communicates to us through stuff. That's why reading the Bible is important. Through that stuff of paper and ink, he communicates to you. That's why it's important to pray. Through, Through your words, speaking to God, he comes to you. That's why it's important to fellowship with other believers. Listen, I remember during COVID, we tried to do, like, like, these online fellowship. It was cool, but it's not the same. It's not the same. I get spe- special, specific encouragement from the Lord. God uses means, our delivery system of grace, to save and heal us. And that in and of itself is him showing his mercy and his kindness, that he would use regular stuff like water and words and paper to communicate with us that's his grace to us he comes in ways that we can perceive and understand and most of the time our healing from sin is progressive you remember when jesus prayed for the man he says can you see he's like i can kind of see Listen, there are times when God miraculously takes away a trial or temptation, but that's usually not how it is. It usually, God progressively makes you like him. He progressively heals your soul. And in the middle of that, it is really easy to be frustrated. Why can't, just fix it. Jesus fixed the thing. I don't like it. Listen, but you need to praise God for progressive growth. The man could have just been blind. But God, in his mercy, healed him over time. You do not need to grow frustrated with the slowness of progressive growth in Christ. With the slowness of the healing that Christ wants to bring to your soul. I think like a large bulk of my conversations with people who are feeling down is because they are so frustrated frustrated with how slow their problem their temptation whatever it is is taking for, for, for it to work itself out it is so tempting in that moment listen that blind man when he saw the trees could have been like man jesus you can't even you, could you do it right i'm out he wouldn't walk around looking like trees. i mean but have tree's better than nothing y'all uh but but he was persistent and stayed with jesus what I love is that, that Jesus didn't give up. Look at verse 25. Again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. The man looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything quickly. Oh, excuse me, clearly. In other words, keep coming to Jesus through the means of grace. Keep coming to Jesus through the means of grace. What's interesting is, is Jesus didn't do anything that much different. He laid his hands on them, and then he laid his hands on them. It wasn't, it wasn't like there was a secret sauce or, or, or like a, a special, like, like spiritual secret. It was persistence through the regular means of grace. See, listen, we persistently apply the means of grace in faith for continued healing and growth. Let me just make it plain. I, when, I, when I'm talking to our students uh, in our student ministry, I, I, when I say I want them to, go to cri- grow in Christ, I want them to know what I mean. that's that's like really spiritual language and so we have this little this little diagram we call the 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 disciples cross it's a cross y'all know what a cross looks like all right and so it has four practices four things that 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 individuals can engage in to grow in christ the bottom one the, the the vertical one down that is god's word engagement with god's word the one going up that's prayer pouring out your heart to god uh, the, one, the one going to one side is fellowship, the relationships with other Christians. Are you having time where you're listening to God's word and praying together? And the other one is service. None of that is, 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 is profound. It's, 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 not, it's not, I didn't make, make up something that was a secret sauce. It's just looking at the scripture and saying, how does God grow us? It is through those means. And beloved, we quit too easily. We, we quit too easily. We get frustrated and I don't, I'm not growing fast enough. I'm not getting healed fast enough. I, I, I'm not, I don't experience the, this awesome stuff. Listen, listen, we quit too easily. If we would be persistent and pursuing God in the means of grace over time, he will bring us healing and growth. So, what does that mean? That means that you keep wrestling with the word of God. I was, I was listening to something yesterday. It says, it says, you don't, you don't remember every meal you ate, and every meal you ate isn't awesome. But it did feed you. It did. It so, so listen, listen. Look, the heavens ain't parting open every time you open the word of God. That doesn't mean it's not feeding you. That doesn't mean that God's not using it to. to 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 radically transform you look keep wrestling with the word of god keep showing up in prayer keep showing up in fellowship because god uses that everyday simple stuff to progressively heal you and not only that we can we can expect a full healing at the return of jesus there there is going to be a point where you know i kind of see stuff dimly but i'm gonna see it clear when He get here there's gonna be no more sickness and no more death. And we get to verse 25, 26, this is also another confusing thing. He says, Then he, Jesus, sent him home saying, Don't even go into the village. What is going on? Jesus, why are you keeping your stuff secret? Here's what I think is happening I think he is teaching his leaders, the apostles, that they need to learn to be patient in people's healing. Let's dig into it. Why did Jesus seem to want to hide the miracle? We've seen this a lot in the Gospel of Mark. One of the reasons is he wanted to make sure that everyone understood the necessity of his suffering as Savior. If people started seeing that he was uh, healing folks, they were like, oh, is is he gonna like take this kingdom by force? Is he gonna overthrow the Romans And, and he would keep it secret so that they would understand? No, no, the goal, the end of my ministry is a suffering and a death for sins that was offensive to people they wanted him to just just have victory with no suffering no death no trial no tribulation we we don't need to forget to speak the hard parts of the gospel and we don't need to be be surprised if we follow the sufferings of our savior but i also think this is a lesson for the apostles and for those who would seek to lead others in healing from christ if you want to lead others to follow jesus it will take time now listen, the apostles are there, they were, they were witnesses, they were writing these, these things down, they were witnesses in this thing, and I can imagine there would be times in their ministry where they're trying to help somebody, trying to pray for somebody, trying to disciple somebody, and they're like, doggone it. <laughs> this is taking a long time. And they can go, but do you remember that time when Jesus was healing that guy and he didn't get healed but he kept praying? Do you remember? All right, let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep, let, 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 let's, let's just, let's keep being Persistent. If you want to lead others to follow Jesus, it will take time. That means that you have to be patient with others. There's a temptation to get frustrated with others if their growth is slow. Yeah? If if, if this would have happened in the setting of like uh, maybe some of our word of faith churches, if the guy would have got partially healed, he would have been like, why ain't got enough faith? If you had enough faith, you would have been all right. No, no, Jesus doesn't get frustrated with the guy. He keeps praying for them. Listen, listen, there are going to be people whom you are trying to help, who, whom you want to serve, and you're like, it seems like they're moving at the speed of a worm. Like they're just inching along. What is going on? And in your frustration, it could tempt you to be harsh. That's not what they need. They don't need harshness and frustration at them. They need patience and persistence. You also don't need to be frustrated with yourself if others' growth is slow. It's real, like if you're trying to help somebody follow Jesus and, and they're tripping one way or the other, the other temptation is to go, I guess I ain't doing it right. I guess I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't even do it anymore. I, don't, I can't say the right things. I can't do it. No, 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 stop. Just patiently, patiently pursue the means of grace. Be persistent in applying and promoting The ways that God grows people, which means that you keep doing the stuff. What is the stuff? Bible, prayer, fellowship, service, witness. You keep doing the stuff because you have faith that Jesus is going to change and heal people over time. What I've learned this means for me is that I don't need to be afraid to repeat myself. Now listen. A lot of times, discipleship and growth in Christ is compared uh, to parenting. Parents, do you repeat yourself? <laughs> you like that? I didn't told you. Yeah, that's okay. Cool. Yes. So listen, listen. Don't look. Don't be afraid to repeat yourself in love, not in frustration, but in love. No, no. Let me show you the way. What's interesting is, is I promise you, like somebody be like, "Hey, I have a problem," and I, I'll ask like really basic questions what's your devotional life look like? Uh, you know, like, and I'm like, well, we I know we'd talked about this, but let's talk about it again. <laughs> if you apply yourself to those regular means of grace, God will work. And see this, this, this sanctification, this opportunity to to be healed, this opportunity to grow in Christ, is not something that we have earned. Our messy, progressive sanctification was purchased by the messy, ongoing obedience and sacrifice of Christ Jesus. Y'all, Jesus' life was messy, and a lot of it looked slow. Think, think about how he came into this earth, right? How, how, how the, 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 the God who created all things became flesh, and he was born in a manger among animals. And how as he grew older, how he had to flee to Egypt because people were seeking to kill him. Y'all, that's messy. And how over the course of 30 years, he kept the law and perfectly obeyed God. Maybe on first glance, that doesn't seem that hard. But listen, for one day to obey God, that's frustrating and messy, especially when people around you are tripping. I'm sure in Jesus' 30 years of life, somebody was tripping around him, and he had to keep his cool. And then you got his ministry, where he's healing and teaching and showing love and mercy and casting out demons, and people are constantly questioning him. People are leaving him in droves. He has this opposition. Y'all, it was a messy obedience. And then you think about his suffering where when he, he prayed and he, and he sweat great uh, drops of blood and, and then he was stood before a mock trial and he was beaten and tortured and he had to carry his cross to the top of a mountain, y'all, that was messy. And think about his death, how they put nails in his, in his hands and in his feet and now he, the, the, the way of death and crucifixion is a, is a slow suffocation. How he died this messy obedient death and beloved even if in his resurrection it was a little messy he rose from the dead he appeared to the disciples he's like i'm here they're like is it you she's like what i told you bro like <laughs> like even in that was messy and then listen listen he ascends into heaven and the bible says that he is in heaven praying for us right now listen now it's not messy in heaven but he's praying for you and you messy okay <laughs> so even in his obedience is messy All that we have in Christ was purchased by his ongoing obedience. And the fact that we get to grow in godliness was purchased by Christ in his life, his death, and his resurrection. So listen, if Christ has bought for us this salvation, this sanctification, this healing how do we get it or in other words how do i open my hands and receive it you show up for the stuff that jesus uses to forgive and heal you i'm telling you this is not this is not rocket science listen you just show up for the stuff like one of the things i love about when, when when we gather on sundays is some of the means of grace that god uses to communicate the forgiveness and healing that we have in jesus Y'all, I love the fact that we get to confess our sins and hear that assurance and that pardon. Like Every Sunday we're reminded that we are forgiven, not because of what we have done, but because we have an advocate with the Father. Beloved, that regular thing over time heals us and helps us to remember that we have a loving God who is quick and ready to forgive us. I love hearing the scriptures read. I'm reminded of how powerful and awesome how God cares for all of us. I love when we sing about God's grace, that little little everyday thing we do, singing about God's grace. It fills us with the Spirit. I love that we get to pray because I'm reminded that God answers prayer. I love it when when I get to preach and when I get to hear preaching because I'm reminded that God still speaks to us. Listen, if we would show up for the everyday stuff over time, Jesus will use that to affirm and remind us of our forgiveness in him and to help us grow in godliness. So how do we receive it? We show up. You know, I was uh, was reading a book the other week about communion because that's the kind of stuff i do whatever you know <laughs> i like reading books about stuff like that <laughs> and he was, he was the whole book is just trying to show why <laughs> communion is important it was written in the 1600s by a guy named Tom, thomas watson and he says why is the lord's supper called the communion of the body of christ he gets that from first corinthians 10 16 he says because in the right celebration of it we have communion with christ We fellowship with God in those everyday things that the God of heaven and earth who is not confined by space and time would use this little stuff right here, (laughs) this physical, everyday stuff to communicate his grace to us. Listen, Jesus purchased our messy progressive sanctification through these normal means of grace. So let us be diligent to show up and receive what He's purchased for us. Let's pray, Lord Jesus. I thank you so much for your mercy, for your kindness, Lord. You have, you have, have given us forgiveness and life, Lord. Lord, promise of of heaven, Lord. You are so good to us, and Lord, help us live lives of. Uh, faithfulness to show up to the stuff that you use to heal us and to change us. Lord, you are good and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.